0: a computer-generated AI voice and
1: you're listening to Tech Radio.
0: Every week online and on air with RT Radio we bring you the very latest in tech. You're welcome to episode 984 closing out summer with a little chat, a little deep dive as uh, I and myself like to uh, call it where normally we kind of talk about tech that we love in these things. Today, we're going to flip it, and it's tech that drives us mad.
1: This is Tech Radio with Dusty Rhodes and Niall Kitson.
0: So here for the tech that drives us mad is our editor-in-chief, Niall Kitson. As always, we both have half a dozen things less uh, of things that have been part of our tech lives for the last 20 years, but drive us absolutely bonkers.
1: Yeah, and, and have driven us bonkers and have been total failures and have been sources of, you know, heartache mm. and
0: fire. Think, let's, let's, let's start off with one that I'm sure everybody is going to agree with you on. Okay. The, the entertainment website.
1: What is it? And why do you hate it? The entertainment. Well, you are applying that term quite, quite loosely when we call it an entertainment website, to use it is certainly not very entertaining. Uh, and all I have to do is say the words dynamic pricing. Ah! And I'm going to make it easier.
0: Ah! I feel the pain already. Oh, you're going to
1: say the name, aren't you? All right, as well, go on. Go on. I, I tell you, it's not Uber. We don't like Uber anyway, but uh, it's, it's a little company that you and I know as Ticketmaster. Kill me now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not not always associated with terrible technology. Well Actually, technology that when it fails drives people technology. bonkers
0: it's terrible technology i find it to be just a hard website to use there's so many hoops that you have to drive through uh when you want to find a seat in a particular venue you don't really get a choice of the seat that you want do you know what i mean it gives you suggestions mm. and and that's it like that's not good enough this is this is 2023 i
1: don't know if anyone's pointed this out to the ticketmaster people well, you see this is because I remember a time, I remember queuing up outside Stephen's Green Shopping Centre to get mm. tickets to Tom Waits. Mm. That's, that's what buying tickets means to me from back in the day. Yeah. Now, Ticketmaster was meant to have solved this problem. Of course, you can't buy physical tickets uh, in Stephen's Green anymore. Yeah. Uh, very difficult to get your hands on on regular tickets unless you're going through the website. And two things happened this year that really showed up the limitations of the Ticketmaster system. Never mind the fact that uh, Ticketmaster is awkward to use. Uh, never mind the fact that its pricing model uh, is, is pretty, pretty heinous. But horrible. if you enter the world of what they're calling dynamic pricing, which is effectively, they learned a lesson from Uber, but they thought, okay, X number of people are going to be looking for X number of tickets as soon as we put them on sale. Mm. Uh, what we will do is we will introduce tiered pricing. So there's like brilliant tier, pretty good tier, the cheap seats. Mm. Uh, and if you want sort of one of the better tiers, we will throw in some swag, a little bit of tat for you to, to bring home. But it's going to cost you an awful lot more money for the you know inverted commas. Mm. Privilege. And we've seen this happen twice in short order this year. Uh, with one crowd you do not want to insult, annoy. Uh, of course, it's the Swifties. They got really annoyed this year uh over pricing for tickets to the Eras tour in the Aviva. Mm-hmm. Uh, is yeah. the Aviva or Crow Park? I think it's the Aviva. Uh, where the idea was that you kind of had a pre-sale where you were sent a code, which you then went when the actual tickets went on sale, you input your code. Very important reason for doing that, which is to make sure that actual people bought tickets, right? So they weren't scooped up by, you know, the third, uh, what is it? The, the bots or whatever. Party market. Yeah. yeah. So so bots don't, you know, crash the website and buy all the tickets and leave them in the, in the hands of touts. That's what this system is there to avoid. And mm. fair enough, some sort of system has to be um, has to come up to actually deal with this. However, this should this system should not crash the website. <laughs> it should not lead it's to queues of ridiculous. thousands of people. It's ridiculous. Uh, just the user experience yeah. was appalling. Yeah. Uh, and let's not even get into the dynamic pricing. Again Listen, in never mind dynamic pricing that is happening pricing. around town.
0: Them giving you a fee for printing the ticket off in your own home. I mean, hello.
1: <laughs> hello. Yep. Where's, Just Where's it to your Apple wallet. Who came up You'd with happier. that? you be
0: happier. Do you know what I mean? Only a company that has that kind of dominant position in the marketplace could charge you for printing a ticket in your own home. It's ridiculous. Do you know what you should read? And it's a really interesting book, okay? It's called Ticket okay. Masters. I can't remember who the authors mm. are, but it's the history of Ticketmaster. And when you read it, It's shocking. There is only one purpose to Ticketmaster, and that is to bleed money from people. That's it. Right. All right. And they think of all kinds of mad creative ways of doing that.
1: Like printing well, your tickets at home. Oh, that's only five Printing uh, your five tickets years. at home. And, you know, we saw that there were no lessons learned when Coldplay tickets went on sale. Yeah. Uh, similarly, all bought up in very short order, but a very frustrating uh, user experience. So for right. those two reasons... Right, um, Ticketmaster,
0: first one out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be surprised at my first uh, choice for tech that drives us mad. Okay. Google search.
1: Google search? <laughs> Basis of the internet. Okay, you're, you're casting the net very wide here. The
0: internet has got too big for even Google. Okay? okay. I find when I'm doing a Google search now, it takes me ages to to find what I'm looking for because what Google is giving me is what it thinks are websites with the answer that I'm looking f- for and quite often they're not or it's not right. interpreting my question correctly and it's giving me old information um, or, you know, kind of like if, I, if I'm looking up stuff for for football matches coming up, all right, it, mm. it'll give me a review of the match from three years ago the last time those two teams met. It's like, eh, mm. Hello. It, it just seems to be for me now that when I am looking for something on the Internet, I am not finding it fast with Google search anymore. It's just taking me ages. I'm getting more and more into page two or scroll two or whatever you want to call it these days mm. uh, than I ever did before.
1: Yeah, and previously, well, still, uh, fold is uh, kind of the line of death when it comes to search. If your most relevant result is not above the fold, uh, people are just going to get annoyed and they're going to click off or they're going to try another service. Well, well, that's, that's precisely my point. I'm not finding what it is that I want above the
0: fold as it were. It's like the old joke. I love that old joke. Where's the best place to to bury a dead body? Page two in a Google search result. (laughs) Right. Now, listen, another one that uh, is, is, is bugging you. And this is going back some time. And I am thinking that because this is going back some time and you are so passionate about this, that
1: you must have lost money in the no, telecoms I, arena. So tell I us I did not lose money because I was too young to buy shares at the ah. time. I think I was anyway. <laughs> yeah, it was, I wasn't actually. I, I was of age. I could have bought shares at the time. But um, yeah, it's, it's a bullet that I am ever so glad i dodged because you were definitely around for this you you definitely could have bought shares you might even have bought shares because if you were into uh aircom shares you would have been one of 547,000 people mm-hmm. to actually do so and i remember the marketing campaign was so aggressive it was like are you in are you doing it at government level, people are like, everybody needs their Aircom shares. Everybody yeah. needs to buy into the free market. Yeah. And there was, they used a Whitney Houston song, didn't they? Um, in one of their ad campaigns. I could, I could be wrong on that. They, they also got a guy who went on to direct the remake of The Omen to direct one of their ads, uh, which was actually quite v- visually striking, but uh, a little bit of trivia there. I think his name is Dave Moore. He also did one of the Die Hard films as well.
0: But it was, um, it was a big thing. And I, I, I do remember hmm? now, I don't, I don't remember that well, all right? Um, but I do remember at the time the push was on, telecom air is going to be sold. The shares are going to be available. Buy them. Right. You're going to make a fortune. And that, that was just a uh, fact Across the yeah. country, and that's why everybody went bananas saying grand are gonna put whatever 10 grand or whatever 15 grand into, in, into buying telecom shares. And of course, mm. uh they came out and
1: very briefly what happened? They tanked. Uh well, if they came out and you sold very quickly, you made some money very, very quickly. Uh, if you held on to them, yeah, you did not. You you ended up losing money. And the reason there being is because of the law of scarcity. Basically, everybody who wanted telecomeran shares mm. got them, so there was no there was no market for them. Basically, so uh, what do you what do you do? Well, the value of the shares goes down, on the assumption that somebody's at some stage will come around and buy them up. I, I think what went wrong with
0: that was, as you said, it was al- it was almost at a government level. I don't think it mm. was, but it was almost at a government level. And the powers that be within Ireland were saying, this is a great deal. And, you know, you trust those voices. But, of course, the stock market is a stock market and uh, whatever else. And uh, it came and it died. And that was that. Uh, and mm. a lot of people lost a, a, a lot of money, which is unfortunate. I mean, the key, yeah. uh, the key when you're when you're playing the stock market or whatever is you have to say every euro you put in there just counted as lost. I've lost it. All right, because there's a very good chance that you will lose it. <laughs> my son yeah. is very much into the stock market. All right, and he was trying to explain right. it all to me, and he just made me fall off my chair with laughter. All right, because he says, "Yeah, you do this, and you did it." And he says, "Don't worry about it. I have it sussed. I can't lose." Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> God. This is going to end badly. <laughs> do you this know what? Yeah, when badly.
1: somebody talks to me about <laughs> the stock market, I'm yeah. I'm reminded of that South Park uh, episode where the guys get some money and they go to open a bank account. And, uh, the guy behind the desk says, "Oh, really good idea. Very prudent. Uh, put your money in the bank. It'll be very safe. Uh, I'll just put your, put your in things here. I'll just set you up. Yep. Mm. And I have your money. That's fine. And it's gone. Kids are like, what? He's like, no, you put it in the bank. Banks failed. Money's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. That's it. That, so they, they, that's how they learn about banking. Banks are not as solid as you think they are.
0: I I have, uh, and I've plenty of experience behind me at this stage. And I always say to anybody who's in their 20s or 30s um, or 40s even, I say the worst place you can keep money is in a bank. All right. I'm not going to tell you what to do with it or whatever, but the worst place you can keep money is in a bank. Day to day, whatever, you know, for covering your credit card bills and your shopping and whatever. It's fine. It's a utility. But to actually just keep money sitting in a bank is a travesty. Don't do it. Find out. Do YouTube, sir. Do whatever. Just don't keep it in a bank, please.
1: In 10 years time, you will come back and thank me. Anyway, that's, that's, that's a whole other thing. That's because all your money is in gold and you have it buried in your garden, Dusty.
0: Listen, do you know what? You might laugh, all right? But if I had put money into gold 10 years ago, I would be sitting on more money now than if I'd left it in the bank. Hmm. All right. So, you know, don't take the mick. All right. <laughs> I, I learned a hard lesson and the hard lesson is don't keep money in the bank. It's the worst place. All right. okay. The, the, well, you know, there's, well, one, there's one brilliant description, right, which somebody said to me and I loved it. All right. You know, when okay. you go to all these big metropolitan cities in the world and they've got these mm-hmm. big skyscrapers and they're made out of glass and they cost billions and billions and they are always owned by banks. Mm. Yeah. Where do you think they got the money to pay for that? <laughs> you oh, know what I mean? Yeah. So and like, I tell oh, you, hang on, if it's not in my pocket and they're sitting in the most expensive building uh, overlooking the River Liffey or the financial center or whatever, what's going on?
1: And, yeah. and the value of those buildings is not going up as much as uh, people thought they would. We've got a fifteen percent uh, occupancy rate of off- of office buildings oh, in so Dublin that, at the well, moment. That's, that's um, and listen, we're 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 veering away from from tech brands. We're to bank brands. So we can hate can and I and... get onto part two of why Telecom Aaron was an appalling brand? There is more. Oh my God! There is more. Go. So people lost money. Okay, that's that's fine. Second, the company was uh, spun off from the state with the network attached to the operator. The network should have remained property of the state and the operator can do what they want on top of it. That means that the onus is on the government to make sure that the network is up to date, that it runs using contemporary technology and that it isn't run with a a profit first um, ethos. Because we've seen it in every industry that gets privatized. Bottom line counts and you see the infrastructure crumble on the basis of creating additional value for shareholders. If you look at the rail network in England, it is destroyed uh, and state subsidized. So the losses don't, uh, don't affect the uh, operators. Mm. However, if we had uh, our, our internet um, uh, infrastructure separated from the operator, we would not have had to lose, ultimately, about a generation of underinvestment in connectivity in Ireland. That is my contention and I'm sticking to it. I told you you were very passionate about it. Next up. I am. Uh, Next
0: up, uh, tech that drives me mad is Zoom. Zoom. The pandemic, oh, died. Exactly. We talked about Zoom recently. Yeah, We did. We were only mentioning it last week. Uh, and I, I won't say I had a run in with Zoom, but they, they just did something that annoyed me, right? So of an annual subscription okay. to Zoom, that's fine. All right. Um, I kind of, I, I got, I didn't even get an email. I just logged into my account because I went, I think that's due for renewal. And it had been mm. renewed two weeks prior. All right. On the correct date, but I, I got the date wrong. But they had renewed it. Without sending me any email to say your renewal is coming up, do you want to upgrade your package? Would you like to downgrade your package? Would you like to ca-? no nothing? All right, they, they didn't just, even try to upsell you. They didn't try to upsell me. Then they took the payment, and then they didn't even tell me that they took the payment or send me a receipt.
1: So it's kind of like any company that's that doesn't really try to upsell you is
0: badly run. Well, there you go. Uh, So like, you know, with glee, I am getting the hell rid of that uh, next year. The other reason, and it's not just the auto renewal annoyed me, but I find now with Zoom, every time I launch it, I have to log in. Every time I log in, I have to, to set up this, that and the other. And then there's a whole lot of things down the right hand side, which look like cartoon things. They're apps apparently that will improve my experience. They're all rubbish. Uh, I have it. It takes me ten clicks to actually start the program and get into a meeting. It's like it's mm. way too much. All right. Then the other Bad thing UX. that really annoys me about Zoom, uh, the other thing that really annoys me about Zoom is that when I'm finished with it and I click X and that's it, and the program is closed, the program's not closed.
1: The program continues to run mm. in the background even when you shut it down. It minimizes. Well, I tell you, another thing I've noticed is. People that would have been using Zoom either at the start of the pandemic or kind of as an experiment, now that it's a long term solution in place, I'm noticing more companies are using Teams. They have migrated over. Maybe they like sort of the level of security that's there. Maybe it's we're a Microsoft house, we're just, here's a Microsoft solution, we're going to adopt it. Mm. Um, maybe folks just don't like the new features on Zoom. Maybe they don't like the the user experience, but it just feels like a much more competitive space out there. Mm. And I think Microsoft have done a pretty good job in putting out a piece of software that feels like it was competently developed and is reasonably secure. So I fully understand why Teams is getting the kind of the love it's getting at the moment and why Zoom is, well, I'm not going to say in decline, but why Zoom is trying a few things that feel a little bit try hard. Again, I think the AI Mm. is a good example. Um, I think uh, having Zoom do so much inside meetings does feel a little bit try hard. And it also has people worried about whether what they're saying is being used to feed Zoom's large language model and its AI. Yeah, well, that was the
0: AI story that we had last week. uh, Mm, uh, I'm sorry, two weeks ago. And they are, um, I mean, they're saying that that's not the case and so on and so forth. But yeah, I I think there's a bit of a maybe a backlash against Zoom. I, in my business uh, day, I'm noticing more people are using Teams. Way more people are using Teams than you're using Zoom. Uh, And quite a few are starting to use uh, Google uh, Meet. So maybe Zoom could be the next MySpace. Who knows? Ooh. (laughs)
1: Shots fired.
0: Listen, don't take money off my credit card without telling me and not expect me to be annoyed as hell about it. Um, There we go. That's the moral of the story. On to tech brands that are driving you
1: nuts. One of the most famous bloatware companies in the world makes your list. Well, that's the word bloatware. If you say bloatware, I say McAfee. (laughs) (laughs) Bloatware. McAfee antivirus. If... (laughs) It goes without saying, really. I mean, McAfee was sold to. Oh God, it's had it's had a chain of owners over the years. Mm. Uh, it's back to being called McAfee. It was Intel Security. Um, it was something else before that. I don't. I don't know if you remember the brand, but if you have a new computer and it's not Windows 10 uh, or Windows 11, by the way, Microsoft Defender is a perfectly fine security solution now. Yeah, uh, If you have Windows Defender and you have something like Malwarebytes, you've got a pretty good solution right there. I wouldn't worry too much beyond that. And I think that was something that really surprised people with Windows 10 was its level of security. Because I remember people were doing very, very um, robust, shall we say, reviews of windows defender mm. and find that you know what this is actually this is actually a pretty good piece of software and it's being regularly updated um and it doesn't slow down your computer an awful lot um nor does it hammer you with requests to upgrade mm. uh, and which package is is better than this one and which one has a bunch of features you're probably never going to use so dusty as a man of the world, would you agree that McAfee is indeed one of the most annoying brands in technology? Well, I couldn't answer that because I haven't used it in years. But bloatware mm.
0: does drive me nuts when you pick up a new laptop or whichever and it's just full of rubbish you don't need. Do you know one of my favourite software installations It's called Tiny 10? And Tiny 10 is some developer who has taken Windows 10 and he's ripped everything out of it, like Anything that is not needed, solitaire included out. All right. So basically, when you click the start bar, you see, uh, I can't remember, I think Notepad is in there and one other thing. <laughs> and, and that's it. I think uh, maybe nice. the, the browser is in there because you need to access the Internet somehow to be able to download mm. stuff. But it's literally got nothing in it. And I use it on older uh, machines that I have lying around that I just uh, have doing whatever backups and all kinds of jobs. Uh, and it runs great. And I'm just waiting for somebody to bring out a, a whatever, a tiny 11 or whatever word rhymes yeah. with 11.
1: So, oh, There uh, is there is a, a Linux equivalent, uh, if you feel like going down that road. Um, but I Linux is think. great. Yeah, Linux is great. It's light and it works. And there's loads of
0: different uh, uh, distros and stuff like that. And one of my favourites, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, we talked about it before. And it's uh, two uh, guys, two brothers in Ireland. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. God damn it. No, it's not. Oh, I forgot the name of it. Anyway. That's taking us away from from bloatware and stuff like that. Uh, Yes. So there's our recommendations if you don't like uh, bloatware. On to other things that drive us nuts because we're running out of time. Um, Subscription economy. I'm starting to get really fed up with uh, because now at this stage I was having a look through it because after that Zoom thing I was talking about, I said I better keep on track. I have 25 subscriptions. All right. On an average of 200 euro a year. It's like, how did this happen?
1: <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know? Whether it's buying a service or buying something, you know that that is subscription based from the get go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like,
0: uh, yes, I get it, and at least you're buying the service and it's constantly updated, and you have the latest and da 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 da. But it's just. How many of them do I have to buy? It's like even mm-hmm. when you're looking at your TV and stuff like that. I mean, where do you draw the line? Do you, you buy Netflix? Do you also get Amazon? Do you also get Apple? Uh, do you also get uh, Paramount Plus? Do you also buy Disney? Do you know what I mean? By the time you add yeah. all of these things up, it's a chunk of change. So no, it um, is. It's, it, it, it's driving me nuts. And while I'm at it, let me add in another pet grievance. It sounds like I'm really bashing the money men these days. The amount of money that we are paying for software services online is ridiculous. We mentioned Ticketmaster, all right, all of the fees Mm -hmm. that they have on there. Um, For example, I was looking at, everybody's going down the Ryanair route, Airbnb. Airbnb charge me 20%, all right, to book a room somewhere. Airbnb Mm. are taking 20% off every single booking. They don't need that kind of money to run Airbnb. <laughs> they're creaming yep. it in, and they're not creaming it in off off, off uh, the you know the the people who are putting their properties up for rent. They're creaming it off the users, you and I. And it gets even worse. All right, uh, Apple and Google. All right, they're not exactly w- without. They're charging thirty percent. Mm. of every app that I buy or everything that I would do through an iPhone or whatever through the Apple store, 30% goes to Apple just for supplying the technology to do it. And it's like, fine, I understand that that needs to be paid for and they need to make a profit from it. But 30% of everything that they sell, it's ridiculous. Mm. And they're in trouble with that. They're in trouble with that. That might change soon. Well, thankfully, Thankfully. So maybe, you know, on this whole thing, like Uber, surge pricing on Uber, the most god-awful thing. It's like, oh, hang on, there's not enough taxis. So what we're going to do is we're going to double the price. So one of the few available taxi drivers might come and get you. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you very much. Lyft have stopped that now, thankfully. So all these little things are just kind of... Well, give me. Have you anything else to add to your list on tech before? before well, I, I mean, there's so much rage coming
1: from you. I'm I'm done. <laughs> yeah, you've scared me this week. All right. Well, listen, I'll <laughs> give you one
0: one last one, right? And you're gonna laugh at me, right? Okay. The last piece of tech uh, that is driving me nuts is brand new. Bing. Bing really? is utterly useless. All right, the ChatGPT on the ChatGPT, it's Bing, ask me anything. All right? So, mm-hmm. I said uh, I was I doing a search there during the during the women's world cup. I said, "Hey Bing, how you doing, dude? Tell me, how many goals have Morocco scored in the women's world cup so far?" Easy question, don't you think?
1: No, because it's trained on data from, well, up to what? 2021, so it's not going to know anything current. Well, there you go. Then uh, my understanding was that Bing
0: uh, has access to the internet and is able to find that information and it wasn't. And I call call it. I got really mad. And I went, why are you so stupid? To which Bing replied, I don't (laughs) wish to continue this conversation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. There we go.
0: There we go. That is most hated tech brands and things that are driving us nuts. Uh, We sound like what was that uh, old TV TV show? Grumpy old men, was it? Yeah. Let's let's go back. Let's let's go back to our normal selves next week. Nile, as always. Thank you.
1: This is Tech Radio.
0: That is it for our show this week. We will be back again next Friday with a regular show on RT Radio 1 Extra. And of course, you can get new episodes automatically by clicking follow on your podcast player. Enjoy the bit of August that's left with us before we get into uh, September and normal life again. Until then, from myself, Dusty Rhodes, and from Niall Kitson, take care.
1: Tech Radio is produced by DustPod.io. From me, Artemis, goodbye.